words, those are from Isaac Watts. He surely had the right, these precious hymns, didn't he? Well, dear church family, this Lord's Day morning, there are many things, really, in this world and in this present life that can so entangle us and so entrap us to really the things which will truly matter in the end, when we breathe our last breath and when we're ushered into eternity to stand before our Maker. And today's text, the Apostle Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, expresses really his bewilderment here at many of the Galatians for being so sidetracked and entangled and sidetracked from the truth of the gospel, the truth of how a man is truly saved and justified in the sight of God. He says in Galatians 5.1, with great urgency and no doubt tears, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Sadly, our society, and at large even, much of the professing Christian world at large in the West has very much turned aside from the, the true soul-saving and true uh, transforming power of the Gospel as it is in Christ to a very man-centred Gospel which really is void of true transforming power. So that which really transforms a man, a woman, and a child, and sets their feet upon a sure foundation. Let us therefore this Lord's Day morning consider this precious text set before us in Galatians 5.1. The Apostle Paul once again, under the inspiration of God, says, Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. There really are two ways the Bible describes, two main ways in which a man can be so entangled with the yoke of bondage. When we look at the full counsel of Scripture, in our earlier reading, in Exodus 14.3, we considered Pharaoh and his armies charging down the children of Israel. And really, Pharaoh in the Old Testament, dear friends, he is, he is a picture. He is a picture of the devil, of Satan. And so we have this picture given to us of how one can be so entangled with the temporary affairs of this life, Pharaoh would come to say to the children of Israel that they were entangled in the land, verse 3 of Exodus 14. The wilderness had shut them in. And so as we know, Pharaoh in the Old Testament is a type, a, a picture of Satan. He had the children of Israel in slavery, in bondage. It was a heavy bondage. It was a heavy yoke, often in chains. 
And they were subjected to every dictate, dear friends, of Pharaoh for four, some 400 years, as Abraham's dream and prophecy was told. It was a form of imprisonment. They were entangled with this heavy yoke of bondage. And furthermore, dear friends, they were entangled in the land, as we read earlier in verse 3 of Exodus 14. And the wilderness shut them in. There was literally no way out for the children of Israel. There was no way out. They had, on the one side, they had this howling wilderness, this barren wilderness. And on the other side, they had Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen and his armies heading towards them. And before them, of course, they had the Red Sea. And so there was literally no way out for them. They were shut in to the land. There was no way of escape for the children of Israel. And friends, what a picture this, the scriptures paint here of our condition by nature. How accurate a picture is this of man's spiritual condition by nature. We, like the children of Israel, are shut in to this world, to this land. There's no possible escape for us. By nature, we are in spiritual subjection to our sinful inclinations and corrupt passions. We are slaves to our sin, the Bible teaches us. There's no way out of us being slaves to our sin. We are subject by nature, by our sinful natures, to the devil's dictates. We, we uh, follow and are governed by our sin. We're slaves to our sin. And we see all around us in our society, a society that's just been governed by the passing fashions of this world, by the, the changing Hollywood ideals. Live for number one, live for yourself. Live uh, and eat and drink and be merry and watch telly. Just live for the temporary things of this life. And so this is a picture, dear friends, of us, of the bondage that we're in. That we by nature are like the children of Israel. We're shut in to this barren wilderness. We're switched off by nature to the things of Christ and eternity. And there's no way out. There's no possible way out for us. There's no way of us getting out of this. And I remember when I was very young, I was very foolishly in growing up in South Africa, I ran, I was running down a field, and I lost control, and with great force, I fell headlong into this great bush, thorn bush with thistles. And the sure force of going into this bush meant I fell deep within it. And the thistles and the fallen thorns wrapped around me and tangled around me. And I was deep within this bush. And I tried to get out of this bush, but all the thorns and the thistles were so wrapped around me. And I was only young. And every time I tried to get out of this deep bush, this thorn, thistle bush, Every time I tried to get out, it would tear my skin. 
through my clothes, these big thorns. And really, I felt helpless. And I, and I cried for someone to help me, a friend to help me. And thankfully, someone heard my voice. And they came. And this person saw my condition, my helpless condition. I was entangled. I was wrapped around these thorns. And they looked upon me in my sad condition. And very slowly, they started to uh, see from the outside. They started to see my predicament. And they could see where I was entangled. And they so started to loosen me and started to cut the, the bits where I was entangled. I couldn't do it myself until they loosened me and then pulled me out of this great entrapment that I was in. And in friends, in like manner, our sin so entangles us and wraps around us with the many cares of this life. Friends, at the expense of the next life, of the eternity to come. The many fleeting cares and the affairs of this life, they, they have a way of wrapping around us and choking the Word of God and entangling around us in a way which we feel helpless. We feel that there's no way out of it. Like me in that bush, this is us, friends, by nature. And even, friends, the good things of this life, the wholesome things of this life, which we, 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 we think about, even they, if we're not careful, can so consume us and wrap around us that we actually forget about our Maker and His precious words to us and His precious gospel to us. The deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of the flesh can so choke the word of the living God to us. And friends, we know that man, we are made really for a higher purpose in life. We're not just to live for the here and now. As if there's no true purpose to life. There's no higher meaning to life. But like me in that thorn bush, dear friends, the broken systems of this world, the temporary affairs and the many cares of this life and the pollutions of the world, Dear friends, they, they have a way of so wrapping around us and entangling us, dear friends, uh, which we find is, is not impossible to get out. We just can't find a way out. And like the children of Israel, dear friends, our sin shuts us in to this barren wilderness, dear friends, called life. We're shut in. We're entangled with the many cares of this life. And we try to get out, don't we? We may try, dear friends, to avoid the same mistakes that other people make. And we say, well, I'm not going uh, to fall into the same mistakes that other people are make. I'm going to make sure that I've got enough money so that I'm okay in my, my, my old age, that I've got a pension, that I've, got, I've paid off the mortgage in my house. I'm going to make sure that I eat all the right foods and I get an element of exercise and make sure that I've got good friends around me and I've got all these things, good things even, and I've got all these, secu these securities. I'm, I'm not going to make the, the, the mistakes. I'm not going to fall into the same pitfalls that many other people fall in. I'm not going to go to the excesses of what this life has to offer. I'm going to be more responsible. 
And often this can be our case. Yet deep down, dear friends, deep down, all of us know, as we get older, we realize that there is an end to all these things. There is an end to even good things which God has given us. That ultimately, doesn't matter what worldly securities and things that we put in our life, which are even good things, that there will be an end to these things. That ultimately disappointment will come, and heartache will happen, and loss will happen in our lives and that of others. And sickness will occur, and ultimately man's greatest fear and enemy, death, will happen to all of us and will usher us in to eternity. This is going to happen to all of us, friends. This is why within every rebel sinner's heart, there really is an emptiness and a void, isn't there? And which the things of this world just cannot satisfy. And this is our great dilemma. By nature, we try our utmost to try to fill our hearts and our minds Dear friends, which we try to fill it with the things of this world. With, if I can get these, these, these earthly securities, if I can get this person, if I, if I can be healthy, if I can be secure, I'll be happy. I'll be content. But that's never the case, is it? There's always an emptiness there. Because by nature, we're shut in. We're entrapped. We're entangled like I was in that bush. And we try to get out by our own means. We try to say, well, I'll put all these things, even good things, even religious things, I'll put them in my life and I'll, and, and I'll be okay. But ultimately, we find, dear friends, that we're not. We can never, ever truly satisfy, be satisfied. As the, the wise King Solomon says, the eye is never satisfied with seeing and the ear is never filled with hearing. We can never be satisfied with the things of this world. And so how can a man be so freed, and so uh, freed from the entanglement of the things of this world, the cares of this life, the temporary affairs of this world, how can a man or a woman so be loosed from this soul bondage, friends? Well, in the Apostle Paul's day, there were those who were false brethren, as we read of. Uh, and the, the Apostle warned of, in Galatians 2, he warns of false brethren who came into the true churches unawares. And they sought to undermine the true saving gospel that is in Christ, friends. And they did so, they did so by insinuating that in order for a Gentile or anyone for that matter, to be truly converted and saved, they needed to conform strictly to the ceremonial law and the law of Torah. They needed to conform to the law. And they demanded that non-Jewish Christians, that in order for them to be truly saved, they needed to be circumcised. And along with many other pernicious lies. They needed to hold the traditions of the elders, really, for them to be converted. Friends, you see that spiritual subjection to sin, worldliness, and corrupt passions is not only a sore bondage and an entrapment and an entanglement. That's not the only thing that entraps us. 
dear friends, it's also false religion. A man-centered religion is incredibly entangled. And this is what's taken over the West. A very pernicious, man-centered, false religion, friends. God is for religion. We should never say to people, I, I'm not preaching religion, I'm not, I'm not being, I don't follow religion. We do follow religion. We follow, as James puts it in his epistle, pure, undefiled religion. That's in Christ. We are those who are religious, and we ought to be religious, but in a good sense. God is for religion. He's just not for false religion, which puts an emphasis overly upon man's works before that of God's works through Christ to be saved. And this is what these many false brethren were doing. These people who were not truly trusting in the Lord's salvation, who had no intention of trusting them, they were diverting people back again into the entanglements of trying to be justified by the law. And dear friends, this, this is not the gospel. This is a false gospel. And it's sad to say that many in our society today have succumbed to this. And hence the Apostle's loving and urgent warning to the Galatians in verse 1. Stand fast, he pleads with them, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Friends, it is without doubt that worldliness in our days is one of the biggest problems facing the Church of Jesus Christ. There is no doubt that this is one of our biggest problems. But similarly, when a poor soul is woken up to the matters of eternity and they're standing before God, maybe a storm has hit their life, maybe sickness is happening, maybe something has hit their life. God, God has providentially woken them up. And, and when that happens, there are many false brethren Many people who are outwardly, they may seem as Christians, but inwardly they're not truly trusting in the Lord. They're wolves. And they're at hand. They're on standby, as it were, ready again to deceive and beguile sincere seekers with a man-centered gospel. And that's what was happening in the Apostle Paul's day, and that's what's happening in our day as well which really was salvation, which was based upon a performance. They, they put an emphasis upon the second half of the table of commandments, dear friends. This is, a, this is what we see is rife in, our, in much of the, the West's Christianity. That if I, I so love my neighbour, if, if I'm kind to others, and these are good things, by the way, if I'm kind to others, if I give to charity, if I do not swear, if I do not gossip about other people, if I'm respectful and loving, if I'm a good wife or I'm a good husband, if I'm respectful to my parents, if I do all these things, if I make sure that I do all these things, well, I will be accepted in the end. God will accept me. But what saith the Scriptures? What saith the full counsel of God's Word? Romans 3.20 says, Therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh 
be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You see, for by the deeds of the law, our works can never justify us before a holy God who requires absolute holiness and perfection every minute of every day of our lives in order for us to enter into heaven. We must, there must be no sin, absolutely no sin in our life for us to enter into heaven. Else, heaven wouldn't be a paradise. Heaven would be a place that would be polluted with sin. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law is designed, the holy law of God, is designed by God to point us to Christ, the true way of salvation. It's to tell us, it's to be our schoolmaster that shows us our sin and our need of true salvation, which is in Christ. And friends, for those who have escaped the pollutions of this world and being consumed with the many temporary and false securities of this present world, so entangled with these things as I was in that bush and, up, and, and up, as I was for many years. When they've been woken up, dear friends, but again, they, 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 they are misled by seeking to be justified when they're woken up by the law. By the law of God. Rather, and, and really, the latter will be worse than the beginning for them. They, they, they are taken out of the pollutions of the world, world. They're trying to reform their lives. They're trying to do that which is right. And many fall into this trap. Well, if, if I obey the law, and yes, the law of God is perfect converting the heart. And the reason why it's perfect in converting the heart, like the psalmist says, is because it points us to the Saviour. It doesn't, it's not that which converts us, friends. You see, if we seek, and, and, and it's sad to say that those who try to, to, like these false brethren, that are entangled with a, with, with a they are entangled with a servile fear, to, to live with a servile fear of God's moving judgment and condemnation. And I've seen it in so many believers. They have this servile fear, not a filial fear, not a loving father-like fear, a servile fear. Well, I, I, I can't do this, or I can't do that. They always have God's looming judgment looming over them. Because deep down they really know that they are not able to keep the law perfectly. And this is true of all of us. We cannot keep the law perfectly. God's law is high. And we cannot attain to it. It is an, an impenetrable wall. A high wall that we cannot scale it. We cannot scale this righteous, holy wall of commandments, friends. We cannot get over it. It's impossible for us to. Only one man did it. And that is the God-man. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one that was able to perfectly keep the law. Every single law. The vertical commandments, responsibility towards God, and our the, the horizontal commandments. The second table, our responsibility towards man. You see, we have, someone has to be able to keep the law perfectly 
to enter into a holy, sinless heaven. And Christ was the only one that scaled that wall. We cannot do it. It's impenetrable. It separates us from God. Our sin separates us from God. And that's why the Apostle Paul, in today's text, in essence, is saying that only Christ can set us free from the, the law's condemning demands. Only Christ, you see, can so unta- to, to, uh, to untangle us and unwrap us from the thorns of this life and wrap us and even the demands of the law. It's only Christ. Galatians uh, 5.1 Christ hath made us free. He's the one that's made us free. We cannot make ourselves free. We can't untangle like me in that bush. I couldn't get out. I'll tear my skin up. And this is true of us, dear friends. This is true of the children of Israel. They were shut into the land. They were shut into this barren wilderness and nothing could get them out. They needed a divine intervention. And that is what we need. Man cannot get himself out of the sin. A man needs a divine calling, a divine intervention. And this is what the Apostle is reminding the Galatians. Don't be deceived by these false brethren who are preaching a different gospel that, that, that teach that you, you can get right with God on your own merits, on your own standing. You will become even more entangled. You'll be wrapped around even more. Only Christ can set us free, dear friends. He who was made under the law came as, uh, as uh, through the Virgin Mary, a miraculous birth. He who was made under the law to redeem us from the consequences of the law. Perfectly obeying the law. Perfectly doing the opposite of the law. Always doing righteousness. Always giving. Always helping people. To redeem us of our law breaking. We know, dear friends, that because we break the law by nature, it condemns us. And God is a just God, so he has to punish sin. But he's made a way of us to be freed from our sin. Freed from the guilt and power of sin that condemns us. Only Christ, dear friends, only through Christ, the law cannot condemn a believer. The law can no longer condemn a believer. If I'm in Christ, if I've sought him with a pearl of great price, maybe I've tried for many years to, to get right with God. Maybe even now I'm, I'm living in, in, in the servile fear that I, I feel like I'm condemned. I feel like I have, to, I have to do all these things in order to get right with God. The, God's looming judgment is always in my mind. And I live in fear on the day of his return. And friends, friends, only Christ can free us of that. You see, if we're in Christ, if we cry to him, he will make a way for us, like he did the children of Israel. Death cannot hold a believer. The law cannot condemn a true believer. Once someone is in Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit so quickens their heart, and they repent and they turn off their sins. And by faith they say, my only hope is in Christ. My only hope of salvation is in Him. He's the only 
one that's conquered sin, death, and the world. He is the only one who has perfectly kept the law. He is only the only one that has satisfied the demands of the law, who has been punished for my law-breaking. And so if I'm in Christ, if I have sought Him with all my heart, if I cry to Him, the law has no more power over me anymore. Death has no sting anymore. I'm freed. I'm entangled now. Christ is in me. The Holy Spirit so empowers me. And I live now for my Saviour. I walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Sin doesn't reign over me anymore. Christ does. His love does. This is powerful, friends. The Apostle Paul here is taking us back to the way a person is truly saved. When we're in Christ, we're born again. We receive a completely new birth by the Holy Spirit. We're at liberty now. We're born into God's family. We're no longer part of this world anymore. We're part of His kingdom. We cry, Abba, Father. Yes, I failed you, Lord. Today I failed you. I, perhaps I've lost my attempt and perhaps a sinful thought come into my mind. But I cry to you and I plead your merits and I, and I plead the power of your blood and I know that cleansing fountain. I know I have peace with my God because I know that he has worked in my heart and he has kept the commandments for me. And it doesn't mean that I live in sin anymore. Because he gives me power from above to live in his love. This is the true gospel, friends. We're at liberty. Sin doesn't have the power that it used to have over us. It doesn't have that con- condemning, guilty power. Christ has the power, friends. You know, during the slave trade, during the slave trade, and when the law was passed, thankfully, that, that wicked uh, slave trade, when the law was passed, and someone was made a free man, and they had the documentations from the government or the, the state they were in in America, and they had that documentation saying, I'm a free man, I can no longer be enslaved anymore. But if they were, were, were perniciously and wickedly taken into someone's estate, they could then write and plead to the, go- the governor or plead to the authority and say, I'm no longer a slave anymore. I'm a free man, legally. I'm free. I'm not a slave anymore. And this is the condition of the Christian. I'm free. You want to try and tangle me in the law of the bond and in, in, in the, the entanglements of the, the condemning power of the law? No. I, I legally I'm in Christ. I have, I'm freed from the law's condemning power. When, when the, the Lord looks upon me, He doesn't see me in my sin and my failures, and I still do fail the Lord. He sees the righteousness, the imputed righteousness of the Son upon me, and He is well pleased. And it means, yes, I have changed, my heart has changed, but He sees the righteousness of the Son. As with Abraham. Abraham believed in God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. A pagan man taken from the land of Ur and yet it was accounted to him for righteousness. Was there any works? No. He believed in God by faith that through his seed the Messiah would come and all the nations of the world would be blessed through the Messiah. 
And every poor, wretched sinner that believes in the same, that believes in Christ, they are saved. And God can save them through, through the cross and what he has done. Through his merits, the same is accounted to them for righteousness. Paul says the liberty, remember he says the liberty here, not just liberty, the liberty. This is liberty for the soul. This is a soul-transforming liberty from a tyranny, dear friends, of trying to earn our way to God. This is the liberty. I cannot earn my way from God. I cannot build up a ladder to, to heaven. This is the liberty, the soul liberty, the true way of peace and joy with God. And in conclusion, in Galatians 2.2, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, praise be to God, that if this is our condition, we are, are so happy. We are a joyous people, friends, because we're at liberty now. To live for the Lord. To know of His salvation. The law has no more power over us. Death has no more sting anymore. Well, I, I hope and trust this is true of all of us. And true of all those who will listen to this message. Amen. Oh.